The Deal by Peppers246. It's amazing, really. Halloween, that is. Just the idea of it. Humans... We're intelligent creatures for the most part, but during this certain time of the year, we seem to lose said intelligence. We crave the need to be scared, spooked, and terrified. I myself used to be one of those people. Until that Halloween three years ago. Now... Growing up, I searched for anything and everything that would scare me. That feeling of being scared intrigued me. That rush of blood from your heart to your head, the sound of the blood pounding in my ears. My family seemed to travel a lot now that I think back on it. One town to the other, state to state, I still don't know why we did. We weren't military involved. My dad wasn't a traveling salesman, and he wasn't a performer. I guess my parents just didn't like to be in one place for too long. They were free spirits, or so I thought. Halloween was a weird time for us. My father was just like me. He loved being terrified even more than I did. He even tried being a daredevil for a short amount of time. My mom, now understand was one of the happiest people I have ever come to know. She was so nice and gentle. But for one night out of the year, she changed to this pale, ghostly image of a woman drained of all color and life. She always looked scared, constantly looking over her shoulder, like something was following her. I miss her. It feels like an eternity since that fateful night. It started out like most Halloweens, my dad informing me of all the haunted houses we would be visiting, and my mother was her usual pale self. As the day progressed through, my mom began to look increasingly worse, like the life was being sucked out of her. Her cheekbones were sunken in. It was as if her skeleton was trying to rip free of the skin that held it. I just shrugged it off as usual, but that... Well, that was my first mistake. As my dad and I stepped into the cool autumn air, I felt the wind bite into my cheeks and turn them red. As we walked to the car, I saw my dad fall to his knees. I quickly ran to his side. His face was that of my mother's, pale and bony. He was grasping at his chest and looking around, swiveling his head violently. I asked him if he was okay. This seemed to snap him back to normal. He hastily replied that he was okay and that we needed to get going, so we didn't have to wait in a long line, and too bad we never made it to that damned haunted house. As we drove, the color in my dad's face returned, but he still looked scared. I asked what had happened, and he replied that he had heartburn. I, again being my carefree self, just shrugged it off. As we turned off the main highway onto the side road, that I suppose was meant to take us to the haunted house, I felt a a sudden chill creep over me. We hadn't been on the road for five minutes before I saw headlights. It was an 18-wheeler for some local supermarket whose name is lost to me. Now, at this point, a lot of things happened at once. 
something or someone ran out in front of the truck. The truck swerved into our lane. My dad swerved, but we clipped the truck and went spiraling into the woods that surrounded the road. Pain. That's... That's all that came to mind after these events happened. After the loud rumble of an explosion, from what I suppose was the truck that almost killed us, my leg was caught under the caved-in dashboard, and I was able to squeeze it out, but this only intensified the pain. I assumed I had a broken leg, or at the very least, a major fracture. I observed my surroundings. The car was slammed up against a tree. The front end was basically non-existent, there was smoke cascading up in the distance, with the faint glow of what most likely was the truck on fire. In the midst of this silent chaos, my dad was nowhere to be seen. As I dragged myself out of the car, I noticed something. I couldn't see the road. It wasn't there. I mean, it was as if the road had never even existed in the first place. I don't even remember how I reasoned it out in my head, but again, like I did everything, I shrugged it off. As I hobbled over to my dad's side, I saw that the door was ripped off and thrown at least 15 yards to the side of the car. There was a clear path, though, outlined in the weeds by blood and ripped pieces of clothing. Had someone dragged my dad to safety? I remember thinking... It was the only logical thing, unless he dragged himself, but then why? Why would he do that? I followed the trail for what seemed like forever, almost losing it a few times. Like he tried to walk at some point, but just gave up. After what felt like forever, the woods gave way to an opening. There before me lay a cemetery, but there was something different about this cemetery that was different from anything that I had ever seen. I felt a rumbling underneath my feet like the dead were resisting the holds of their earthly prison. The tombstones had no names but were all wrapped in chains. Standing in the middle was a figure who was dressed in black and beside him lay my father. I called out to it then. It turned its head toward me. What I saw I cannot describe because its appearance did not stay the same for long. One moment it was a skeleton, next it was my friends, then my relatives, then a snarling beast whose name I know not. Then he spoke. His voice was hollow yet commanding. It gave me a feeling that I can only describe as hopelessness. He told me that my parents had committed great crimes. When I asked him what my father had done, he said that he had made a deal that helped him cheat death and that he had been running from it since. I stood there still pondering on whether or not this was a dream. I heard an anguished cry gurgle up from my father. Silence. My father was nowhere to be seen. The dark figure sank into the ground, and with him went my sanity and consciousness. Darkness overtook me. I awoke on the sidewalk next to my house. My mother was gone. The house was cleared out, and nobody even remembered my parents. Now, here I am in the hospital with the only person in the world I love, my darling wife, Rose. Please, take heed of my story and know that you cannot cheat death. There, honey, it's done, I said to Rose soothingly. Oh, thank you, baby. Oh, that must be the doctor. 
I walked over to the door and there stood the doctor in his freshly cleaned bone white jacket, looking very similar to a ghost. Tom, I know times have been tough for you and Rose, and over these past years I feel like we've become good friends, so... <sighs> it kills me to tell you this, but it seems the cancer is terminal. The word terminal, it echoed throughout my mind. It resonated through it like the sound of glass shattering. I understand, I said back. I understand that this is hard. I'll give you two a few moments to discuss things. I turned back into the room and started to walk to her bed. When I heard another knock, I backtracked to the door and opened it. I saw a man of average height, gray, pin-striped suit and a black fedora. His eyes were icy blue and chilled me to the bone. He looked me in the eyes with a piercing stare and simply said, Want to make a deal? Deal or No Deal by the Pink Narwhal Picture the scene. It's late one night around 1am, pitch black darkness with the only company being the sound of speeding cards on the motorway above. Two men stand below it. One covered head to toe to hide his identity. One a failed TV presenter looking for a second chance. The two met on Craigslist, as he was browsing for anything that could bring back the revival of his career. On the verge of giving up everything, ready to take his own life, he found an ad that piqued his interest. What would you give for fame? When he clicked the ad, all he saw was the name of a motorway and a time. He knew it was probably just a joke, a a silly little ad that a few teens put up there to make a fool out of people. But yet he felt drawn to it. Compelled to go there and see what it truly was. So he went. And that is where our story starts. The two men exchanged glares until the motorway above was silent. Are you ready? Said the mystery man in a deep emotionless voice. The staring continued. Edmonds, I asked, are you ready? Edmonds stared, the cold night wind blowing his hair. He slowly nodded as the man proceeded a slip of paper, a contract with no words written upon it, only a dotted line to be signed. Edmonds wanted to put a fake signature, just in case this was some elaborate scam, but once again, he found himself to be too trusting. He signed it with his usual N. Edmonds and then blacked out. He woke several hours later, refreshed and smiling. He scratched the back of his neck while trying to remember his whereabouts, peeling a plaster off of his neck. He assumed when he blacked out that he had fallen on it and thought nothing more of it. He set off home and went back to his day-to-day -day life, assuming 
that it had just been a dream or a side effect of all the medication he was taking to deal with his depression. Then, he became aware of the fact that he wasn't depressed. Not anymore. He wasn't angry, happy, upset, or depressed. He felt empty, like something had been taken from him. After a few days of feeling like this, he'd grown used to it and had forgotten all about the events of that old night. He sat at home, eating cereal and watching TV when the phone rang. It was rare for him to get a call. He didn't have many people left in his life that would call him, let alone anyone at three in the afternoon. It was an executive producer from Channel 4 telling him of a new game show they wanted him to host. Edmonds accepted, and within the week, filming had begun. The premise of the game was simple. 22 boxes, with various sums of money in them ranging from 1 pence to 250,000 pounds. There would be 23 contestants, 22 with the boxes and one chosen to play. But on the first day of filming, Edmonds demanded a change. He requested only 22 contestants. One would bring their box to the table. He also asked for a third person to be in the spotlight. An unseen friend of his, he called him the banker. A mysterious, unknown voice on the other end of a telephone. The banker resembled the new Edmonds. Cold, heartless, uncaring, with eyes only focused on money and materialism. As the game show became more and more popular, the banker would become crueler and more desensitized to the contestants' feelings. People that were in dire need of his money would be offered much less for the contents of their box. Being taunted by his maniacal laugh as Edmund stared at them, urging them to go on with the game. He knew the banker's secret. He knew that when the person dealt, they gave away their life. The only way to keep your humanity was to play until the end. Edmonds didn't want them dead. He didn't want them to suffer the same as he did. He didn't want them to sign the contract. He gave his soul for fame. He became empty. But the banker, the banker wanted more from him. Edmonds' fame was the doorway for people to sell their soul for a small fortune. Their life, like his, was decided by one simple phrase. Deal or no deal. Cinderella by Horror Goddess. The poor servant girl was treated very badly by her wicked mother for years. She would constantly be left alone to do the housework 24-7. Her mom would ridicule her, talking down to her, and beat her with her belt until she couldn't stand. Tonight was the night of the prince's birthday party. The night he would choose a bride. The poor servant girl made a dress of old sheets. When the mother found out, she tore the dress and beat the daughter. Before storming out, it was then that I appeared before a dark, shadow figure with black wings. And child, I'm your fairy, and I'm here to grant you three wishes, I said 
kneeling down with her. Do you hear me? She looked up at me as I called her by her name. I want to go to the ball, she said. I grabbed the leftover dress and rolled my eyes at it. A long black satin dress with cloak, a face veal and black crystal high heels appeared on her body. She climbed to her feet. Wish to, my dear. I want revenge. On my mother, she said. Fine, I smirked, leading her outside. I will handle that. Final wish. I want to stay young and beautiful and find happiness. Fine, dear. I clicked my fingers, and a black coach with black horses appeared. But be back by midnight, dear. Oh, Lord, moaned the prince. This party is boring. So many snobby, boring, fake, pretentious women here. All gold diggers, the whole lot of them. It was then that I saw her. A beautiful girl in all black, a veil hiding her face. I asked her to dance. We danced with fire and passion. She moved in a way that ignited fire in me. She smelt like cherry drops. I have to go, she said as she turned. She ran and stumbled, dropping her shoe. The girl made it home just in time. Several hours had passed when a knock came at the door. Excuse me, it's the police. They then informed her that her mother had been found dead, trampled by a horse. The police also found a letter on her that she had confessed to taking all of her daughter's money and killing her father. The next morning, advisors from the palace visited the house with the shoe from the party. It fit, and the girl and the prince were married. They lived happily for 50 years. She never aged or grew ugly. They had three children. Then, the prince tragically died one night. She was in bed when she felt a cold chill. The fairy was back. My dear, you had your wishes. You had a good, long time. But I'm afraid time's up now. She nodded as she took my hand. We both vanished into the night. So that was three interesting little horror stories written by various people that involve deals. <laughs> I kind of wanted to theme this video for some reason. I don't know. I was just thinking like, hey, I need some video, some stories for a video. And randomly, my mind started thinking, hey, let's do stories about deals, like making a deal for your soul or something. And I found two stories and there was the one that was submitted to me. So... It kind of worked out, didn't it? <laughs> Anyways, I hope you guys enjoyed this. If you want more content that's like this, more collections of horror stories that are themed, let me know. I know these aren't true stories, and I know my true story ones are themed, but to get the videos to be a little bit longer on the horror stories, I have to do multiples, because unfortunately most horror stories aren't that long, and I can't really stretch it, you know, 1,500 words into 20 minutes. It just doesn't work, so. If you guys like these themed style videos, let me know. I'm going to try to look for some more. I have another idea. Um, we'll see if it works out. Thank you to the authors of the two stories that are on the Creepypasta Wiki, linked down below. And thank you to Horror Goddess for submitting the story to me. All of it is appreciated. Having your stories on CC by SA is awesome. 
very much appreciated. Like I said, um, I hope my stories come across as just as good, honestly, as people do them. Um, I don't know if I'll be able to post them to the wiki, but I am going to post them to a website. I kind of have an idea for that. So anyway, guys, I hope you all have a fantastic day. Um, if you liked it, please do subscribe, hit that bell, support on social media or Patreon coffee. You know the deal. I'm not going to get to the whole rigmarole of all that. So, um, yeah, love you guys. Have a fantastic day. Fantastic rest of your week. And I'll see you on the next video, which will probably be tomorrow, because that's what I do anyway. Much love, and sleep well.